All right. Well, we have our one down voter. He came in early today. And we have four. Oh, well, well, we, we got. Oh, good. The chat's working. So, I don't know if you can see the chat, so I'll just read it out. I've never heard of these two fellas before, and I'm looking forward to discovering what they're about. Kurgan has a habit of noticing glimmering gems. Well, Dixie Catholic goes already got the downvoters. So, there's seven of you. That's about six more than I thought would show up. So, here's the thing. My good old friend, the Kurgan, had me have a conversation with this man, Billy Ellsmore. Now, Billy's from Alabama, and uh, as all fine gentlemen are, he's from the South, and we, we've got a serious thing to discuss here. I mean, I should introduce myself, I will, in a minute, but the thing is, we're, we're both dread ilk, and there's a uh, ilk filtration. Now, I know the Kurgan talks about infiltration in the church and all that, but we got a serious problem here. We got Southerners glorifying Yankees. Just can't be done. Now, as for myself, my name is Jebediah Lovemore, and I don't need to give you my bona fides because, well, you can see I've got the finest uh, cowboy hat made out of Brazilian sackcloth. And, and, and uh, well, of course, my string tie. I think that's, uh, you know, from South Carolina, I'm a man of letters, which is something we shall be bringing up. And perhaps I should let my friend Billy mention what, what happened just a couple of days ago. Something quite, well, degeneracy is everywhere, but we didn't expect it to infiltrate the dread ilk. Uh, and, and, you know, there's only three types of Southern gentlemen. Well, two types of Southern gentlemen, and then there's a third Southerner. So, of course, the first type are educated men, such as ourselves, with a cultured background, people who read books, you know. Then there's the other kind of Southern gentleman, who is uh, not so much a gentleman, but still sharp as a tack, and you just don't want to get on his wrong side, because they usually have good reflexes. Not much in the way of manners, mind you, but, uh, you know, quick on the draw. And then, then you got those types that unfortunately give the whole South a bad name, and you've seen them in the documentary, the documentary called Deliverance. Some of these people are ginger-haired dwarfs that really hail from Scotland and call themselves Southerners. You know what I'm talking about. And these people... They would go so far as to idolize and lionize a Yankee writer by the name of Hemingway, saying he was a great writer, and I just can't abide that sort of thing, because Hemingway, of course, uh, was a drunk, and he killed himself, and he had about the same writing ability as a 16-year-old with the scorn for grammar, which I relate to. As a 16-year-old, I... I had the same ability to write and, 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 with no commas. And, uh, quite honestly, his stories were mediocre, and his characters, who were defended by these uh, supposed Southerners, 
who do spend a lot of time day drinking moonshine, don't get me wrong, but you just can't tell me that Hemingway, a Yankee, was a great writer of manly men. They were all depressives. And I don't want to use any foul language, but, you know, the kind of depressives you just don't want to deal with. Uh, weak men, really. Because if, you are, if your nihilism works through your, your letterings, well, what, what can you say to that? So, uh, there you go. I, I will now let Billy uh, in, in, introduce himself and tell me what he thinks about these uh, ginger people. And as we all know, gingers have no souls. So how did you get into the dread ilk in the first place is my question. Well, <clears throat> my name is Billy Ellsworth. I work construction. I make an honest living. You know, I'm, I have been blessed by God to be born and raised in the South by fine Southern parents. You know, my lineage goes all the way back to Fort Sumter. I'm as Southern as they come. Amen. Well, I do love this country, the United States. I would have found myself on the side of the Confederacy. That's where my daddy fought. That's where my granddaddy fought. And that's, you know, it's in my blood. It's in my balls. So, you know, I, I am a Southerner through and through. And frankly, if I had a choice between reading Hemingway or, you know, Mark Twain, give me Mark Twain any day of the week. Now, that man had a mastery of the English language. Sure did. He sure did. He's a good man. But, uh, you know, I think it's telling. You know, the last time I read any Ernest Hemingway was, you know, back in high school. I had to write the, uh, I had to read The Old Man in the Sea. I had to read the thing, same damn thing. Same damn, damn thing. Same too, because the only thing I took away from that book was, you know, pissing off the side of the boat. That's the only thing I remember. Uh, well, you know? The only thing I remember and, about that, he was a bad fisherman. I mean, he went out yeah. there, got his hands all cut up, tied the fish to yeah. the side of the boat, let sharks eat it. I mean, it's just a man who supposedly was on the sea all his life, and he don't know how to fish for, well, manure. I, I tell you, that boy would have been better off if he'd gone up to the Dollar General and bought him a can of Star Kiss tuna. That, I mean, he would have <laughs> ended up with more fish that way. He wasn't a fisherman, you know? That's right. That's exactly I don't know, right. man. Uh, I don't understand the lionization of, of men like Hemingway. Well, the only good thing about doing the old man in the sea in, in, in high school, which is what I had to do as well, is, uh, well, we had, uh, I think, the correct name for that kind of uh, affliction is we <coughs> had a, a, an English teacher that was, uh, I think, a nymphomaniac is the way you would call it. And she used to sit at the front of the class and uncross her legs quite a lot long before basic insta came along, although she did usually wear knickers. Now, the upside of all that was that she came up with this tragic idea that the old man in the sea was a sexual book. Now, Good God. you tell me where in old man in the sea, and there's not a word of lie, where in old man in the sea can you find anything sexual? And you know what she said? Because I asked that very question. I mean, I was only 16, but I was no fool. And my mama didn't raise any fools, apart from my brother and my sister. But uh, I just was, lady, what are you 
earth are you talking about? There ain't a sexual blind in that whole book. It's about an old bad fisherman losing his fish to sharks, cutting his hands on the line. Because, well, that's it, she said to me. Cut his hands on the line, there's a lot of blood. I'm like, lady, you got a problem in your head. We read another story okay. about an old woman nearly getting run over by a train, and I was very sexual. Apparently, according to her, the train represented male oppression in the town of the women. It's like, just because it's long and hard, is that it, miss? And she goes, well, there you go, you got it. I mean, she was pretty, but she didn't, couldn't she teach English worse than damn, really? And that's a shame. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the proclivities of some of these people. They see sex absolutely everywhere. You know, back when I was growing up, we didn't talk about it. My daddy didn't talk about it. My granddaddy didn't talk about it. We knew it happened. You know, everyone knew it happened. But, you know, we're decent folks. You know, we talk. We talk about the Bible. We talk about politics, you know, but even then we don't, you know, we ain't, we ain't arguing the way people get on these days. You know, there's just some things that you don't talk about. And I don't know why people are so fixated on talking about sex all the time. It's, you know, it's unbecoming. Well, it's, is a, what Yankee. It is. it's a Yankee thing. I mean, that's their degeneracy comes from the North. And that, that, that's why they, they started the war of Northern aggression, of course. They right about that. They couldn't, they couldn't abide a God-fearing, loving people. That, that basically is it. I mean, we know that. And that brings me on to the other topic, the other ill infiltrator that we have down there. That what what I think that the young people nowadays call it like a crypto Jew. That guy who's basically pretending to be a Christian and going on and on about all sorts of Jewish type of things like uh, not having your lights on in a weekend or such stuff. You know, you know where I grew up and when I grew up. We grew up talking about Bible things and Bible ways. So I don't know about all this crypto Jew talk, but, you know, what we call them from the Bible is Judaizers. You know, now that's the people. They want to take the law. They say, if you want to be a real good Christian, you got to do things the way the Jews did. And that ain't, that ain't it. You can read Acts 15 and see the four no-nos that carried over from Judaism, but the rest is all, you know, it's a new covenant. Well, you know, we as, works. as as you know, I'm a Catholic man, and uh, as you know, well, we know what the Jews did. They killed our Lord. I mean, they they got they, right. they got the Romans to do it because, as usual, they don't have the gumption to do stuff themselves. But that's what did it, you know. So are we supposed to fall in their footsteps? No, no. That's just that's just not right. They are the synagogue of Satan. Let, let's not forget that. Jesus himself said it, so that's good enough for me. But I, I think we've covered the main topic, so I don't know. We can now stray into some interesting talk, maybe guns, or I don't know. Well, give me a second, man. I had a, I had another thought about that. And, uh, you know, these, these folks that uh, they want to, you know, I guess what the people say these days, they LARP as Jews. I think that they're part of the same problem, you know? I mean, you got these Yankees who think they've got a heritage, and they come to the South in the War of Northern Aggression. They destroy our heritage. And so what you see is a lot of weak men all over the United States. They're deprived of an American heritage. And so they gravitate over 
And they said, well, wait, we ain't got no heritage. So let's, you know, the Jews are a heritage. You know, there are forebears for Christianity. So let's take their heritage and make it our own. So, you know, I think that's what people, I think, I think a lot of white people are starved of heritage because they ain't allowed to celebrate their Southern heritage. So they gravitate toward the Yankee New York Jew heritage. I, I don't understand it, man. Well, we got plenty I, I of get, rich heritage. I, down I don't here. understand it either. I mean, I, I fly my Southern Cross proudly, and uh, the the thumbnail I used for this here fancy uh, live stream thing is, is the Southern Cross. I just picked the one that's up in the in the Lord's good sky above, because you know YouTube and all them, uh, you know, they're all controlled by the same parenthetical type of people. I didn't want him to take down the video right away, so I, I put the Southern Cross. But you understand. You're a Southern man. You understand what I mean by that? And, uh, you know, I fly my flag proudly. I, I just yes, can't abide these, these, I don't know. We Quite honestly, you know, you said that the Yankees don't have any men. I, I, would, I wouldn't even call them men anymore. I mean, these people are... You know, they've hijacked the rainbow, and then they fly these rainbow flags, and these, it's just, I don't know, it's, uh, I had an altercation on online with uh, somebody I used to go to school with, of uh, a gentleman of a slightly more uh, deep pigmentation than you or I, and I met him not too long ago, a couple of years ago, and uh, kind of thought he was halfway sensible, but of course, you know, he has these same... I, the only reason I thought it was halfway sensible was because he he essentially shied away from the proclivities that the northern Yankees from New York have, you know, for, uh, well, sodomitic acts, if you know what I mean, and, uh, and the perversion of small children and so on. And I told him that that was coming, you know. You, you are now living in Africa, but it's coming, and you keep, you know, supporting these Yankee things, and it's just going to get worse. And, and you know... Like a good African man, he, he resisted that sort of stuff and said, no, no, that can't be right. But more recently, somebody posted uh, the real history of uh, the guy who's now got his name on all the uh, football players' helmets and $2 million raised. And this guy was a, a rapist, a, a serial rapist, essentially, and, and assaulted the lady uh, about a couple of times a year, on average, for the last 10 years. Stole her credit card and a car, got shot, and now we got NFL players with his name, like, printed on their helmets, uh, glorifying this, you know, no-good scumbag. And I basically said, look, anyone on my page, you know, anyone on my, that, that group, supports these type of people and Tifa and BLM and all that just get off my page get off my life and just don't even wave goodbye just let the door hit you on the ass on the way out so yeah, they right um and he said oh well I'm off I'm done I'm like well good you rapist supporting son of a bitch cuz no space for you here and it's an astonishing thing to me that average relatively intelligent people just can't see anything anymore it's uh i am now starting to think well it must be getting close to the end times well i believe it's been getting close to the end time since paul was around man he talked about it and you know i was talking with my brother the one you hadn't met yet he's a 
he's a good fella, real good head on his shoulders. And, and he was telling me, you know, if the Christians didn't burn down the Roman Empire after the Messiah was crucified, then who are these people to burn down our country over the life of a sinner, for God's sake? I mean, you know, Rome was there. You know, they didn't revolt. They, you know, we we lived our lives. You know, we had Christianity throughout the ages. If, if we'd acted a fool back then, you think, I mean, yeah, God would have brought us through, but, I mean, we wouldn't have. We would have suffered, man. Well, but instead, you know, Romans, we, uh, we did what we were supposed to do. The Romans had no compunction to like crucify a whole bunch of people just to light up the roads. So, yeah, um, you know. Yeah, just imagine if the Christians back then had actually done anything wrong. Well, it's just unconscionable. I, we got a couple of questions, so I'm just going to quickly scroll back and... Oh, very interesting point by a gentleman called Merck Wood, who says Hemingway was directly influenced by Trotskyite and Stalinist agents. Well, there you go. Now, I want to ask you, how do we get this ginger in the ilk promoting Hemingway as though he was a decent writer? I, I, that's just beyond me. Uh, I don't know. If you just forget there's any other kind of punctuations beyond periods, you can write like Hemingway. That ain't no big deal. <laughs> That's it. I think you called it, sir. <laughs> uh, here we have Wooly Ram that says, The old laws fulfilled in Jesus. Be thankful that nowadays we're under mercy. We are indeed, but I, to be fair with you, you know, if it is coming to the end times, I know that's going to be pretty dark, pretty nasty. On the other hand, there is, uh, um, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah got wiped out by asteroids, and I'm kind of, I'm almost kind of hoping there's a couple of them, one for Washington, one for California, one for London. Hopefully after I've moved out of it, you know, but um, there's just too much degeneracy going on. Oh, and Jordan James says, I came here to watch the Kurgan. Who are these two guys? As I said, sir, uh, the Kurgan is just temporarily indisposed, and uh we have Billy Ellsworth here, my good friend, who is in construction. And I am Jebediah Lovemore, man of letters and other things. But, uh, well, if we have time, we'll get into that. And we were just discussing how, unfortunately, even in the Dread Ilk, who are, you know, a group of people that supports uh, Vox Day and in what he does. Although, you know, he comes from a Yankee land, but he's, he's, he's demonstrated that he's, he's not really a Yankee. Plus, he's got southern blood in him because, um, you know, his grandfather rode with Pancho Villa, so he's not a proper white man, but, you know, we, we can cut him a bit of slack there. And um, even amongst the Dread Elk, we have people that glorify Hemingway as though he were a good writer, and he's a Yankee, and I just can't understand that sort of thing. Uh, I don't either, man. Not when you got men like, like I said before, not when you got men like uh, Mark, Mark Indeed, That's a real southern writer right there, boy. Sure is. Well, um... Hey, he's from Iowa. Oh, where are we? let me just quickly see what's going on here. Uh, oh, they're talking amongst themselves about the fulfilled law. Shape-shifting Venetians. I, I don't know. We're not going to have any of that kind of voodoo stuff. 
And, what are they uh, talking about the nations? There ain't no space aliens here. Yeah, indeed. And my spect what my spectrum strikes again. I don't know what that means. What are we talking about? Well, Wooly Ram is going on about the various dietary sacrificial ritual purity laws added to the commandments due to old Israel's hard heart and stiff neck. Yeah, basically, for those of you who are not Bible people, apparently, and there's a few of you in here, I don't know what kind of show that Kurgan guy runs, but it seems like we have some people here and read the Bible cover to cover a few times. Anyway, so to make it simple for you, simple-minded folk, it's... Um, Old Testament, 400 years of prophecy telling us about when Jesus is coming, pretty much. And they had to have all these rules because, you know, they were like beasts in the field. And then Lord came along and said, look, stop being beasts in the field. You're human beings. All you got to do is, you know, believe in me and you'll be, you'll be fine. And uh, that's pretty much it. So all them other silly rules about wearing fancy clothes and only having sexual congress with your own wife through a sheet with a hole in it and not cutting your hair and having greasy hats all over your head all of that stuff just falls away and uh you know you can be like honest christian men living their lives oh, well what does the apostle paul say he says that the law was added because of transgressions so when jesus came along and he had no transgressions that's it i mean he was a israelite he was a jew that uh you know he he kept the law perfectly. He didn't have transgression, so there wasn't no more room for the law. You know, so well, we have. I mean, that's a, pretty simple. We have a question from Wooly Ram, who says a question to the guest. That's you, Billy. Are there many locusts from New York and L.A. coming to where you live? Oh, unfortunately, that is the case. You know, I I, I do live. Um, in relative, you know, when you're talking about states and whatnot, you know, distances between states, I live relatively close to Redstone Arsenal and all the military industrial complex that, uh, you know, it's a couple hours away. But, uh, you know, we get a lot of folks coming down here because I don't know if you know this, the FBI is relocating. They're opening up a new headquarters down here in Alabama, they're uh, that is you know, very got the sad, entire yeah. military industrial complex. So yeah, we do get we get a lot of H one Bs. We got a lot of Yankees. I mean, I mean, it's getting bad, man. It's getting bad. I I had no idea that the FBI was relocating to Alabama. That that comes a, as a rude shock to me as a as a South Carolinian myself. I find it very discomforting. I thought it was deeply disturbing. It is. I don't know what they want down here because what they're, I mean, it's unofficially, officially becoming this, the new headquarters for the FBI. And it's like, I don't want you in here. No. You stay in Langley where you belong. These are the people who, who keep, they, they're the people who shielded uh, Michael Obama, that um, degenerate husband of, of the other degenerate, uh, pretending that, that he's a woman and, and all that kind of stuff and talking about Russia. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm no supporter of the Russians. You know, they were commies, and who can trust a commie unless they're dead? And they're probably still commies out there. I don't know, and I don't care. But, you know, it was all fabrication. Don't get me wrong. All I'm saying know. is if, if Vladimir Putin could run for president of the United States, I'd vote for him after Trump. Well, yeah, I would too. I mean, Trump's still a Yankee, but, 
you know, he, he's... But damn it, he's our Yankee. That, that's, that's exactly right. Kind of like Vox, you know. I don't know. Maybe you go far back enough into, into Trump's past and some people say time-traveling guy, whatever, you know, that's a bunch of nonsense. But you never know. He probably has got some Georgian in him or something, you know. Who knows? I know he's got Scottish in him. His, uh, his, I guess it was his great-grandmother or something like that come over from Scotland, so... Well, the Scottish you know, did I've go south. I've got some of that myself, so, you know, yeah. if that's a prerequisite for being Southern, then he can, he can have that. There you go. I mean, we wouldn't have the beautiful dulcet tones of bluegrass music without, you know, without Scotland and Ireland. You know, those people, those people's music come over and make, made our music. You know, it's, it's a... Well, it's it's yeah. real American music right there. The Irish are good people. I, I worked with them, and uh, they're imp <coughs> almost impossible to actually work with in construction. But uh, they they they'll, they'll have a good drink with you, and they, they're funny people. They're uh, they're good yeah. good to talk with you, and yeah, I I prefer not to not to necessarily have Irishmen as my employees or workers or that kind of thing. Because as as you know, if you're in construction. They have a, a tendency to uh, like the bottle quite a bit, really, to be honest. And uh, whether you're on the clock or off the clock, they're not too fussed about neither one of those conditions, uh, as long as they've got drink in them, which then, uh, let's just say, impairs their ability to work to the same extent that you would an Eastern European who might not speak a word of English, but he understands how to use a shovel. So... There is that. Yeah, talking about, you know, Irish folks, we, you know, we ain't got a lot of continental Irish folks scrambling to get the, you know, the low, what's the word, low skill work over here. You know, we got Mexicans down in the South, but let me tell you something. If there's one stereotype that don't hold true, it's the lazy Mexican, because brother, those people work harder than any of the gringos I got working for me, man. If, if I could replace my whole crew of subs with with uh, Mexicans, man, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Not even pay them the same as the white folks. They I deserve know. it. I know. I had the same problem on our, on, our, on our site down here in dirty, smelly, wet old England. I had They kept sending me Irishmen because it was an Irish company and Englishmen, and they were drunks. They would do drugs. They wouldn't work. Uh, one, I just refused all of those guys and fired them if they sent to my site. And I said, well, just stop sending me Irishmen. They're like, well, we're an Irish company. I'm like, well, I don't care. I want to get the job done. So at one point, I only had Romanians, Polacks, uh, Russians, and whatever other Eastern Bloc country to the point where the client got upset because they said it was a health and safety issue that they couldn't speak to my man. Now, these little bastards, though, what they were doing, they were going to the man who could speak English and telling him, do this and do that. And they weren't allowed to do that. They're supposed to go through me. Of course, by going to the man, the man do it, and then I can't charge them for them because they say, well, wait, we no one told you to do that. And if they go through me, I'll write a piece of paper, I'll write down everything, and I'll say, you signed this, now you confirm your available instruction. I didn't like that. So... A guy came up to me and said, it's a health and safety issue. you got to have English speakers here. And I said, what are you talking about, sir? Every single one of my men speaks perfect Oxford English. I've just told them to pretend they don't so that you can't bother them. And they follow my instructions. So you got to ask one of them something. You come talk to me. 
And the go. truth was, I had one guy who could speak one of the languages I could speak, and uh, he translated to everybody else. Worked just fine. <laughs> That's how it works with me too, man. There's usually one one of the hombres that speaks English, and and he's more than capable to communicate everything else. I speak poquito Spanish, but you know I don't <laughs> speak too much. But you know I can I can at least say good morning and have a good day to him, and that seems to make him happy. So. You know, but I do, man. I love them. I think they're great workers. Somehow they manage to work the whole day, take an afternoon siesta for two or three hours, drink, play a little soccer, and still get the work done, lapping the white people. Now, that puts us to shame, man. Yep. What happened to that work ethic? Well, you know, you these people come from a, a bunch of people that uh, used to have 20,000 of their guys have their heart cut out just to, like, worship the sun, so... I yeah. think they come from a pretty hardy background. But, yeah, uh, I think so. I think, uh, well, I don't know. That's probably enough for the geopolitics. Let's ask the, uh, the crowd here if they've got any questions for any Southerners. Well, let me ask you a question first while they're, while they're figuring something out. Tell me about your bolo tie there. Where did you get that? Oh, well, this, as you can tell, it's of the finest quality. It's... Uh, a mother of pearl type of uh, swirly no, thing there. Oh, it's just, you know, I, I can't remember where I picked that up. Maybe my wife did. I don't know. It's, uh, That's pretty it fancy just there, to go Tex. With my, uh, with my snakeskin boots, which I'm not wearing right now because I'm in the house. But, uh, you know, it goes. Uh, yeah, and as you can see, I'm wearing my fineries for, uh, well, we have to respect the people that come and listen to this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah you got to. Plus, it's Sunday. You got to wear your Sunday best. Indeed, yeah. Although uh, a priest is not about this week, but uh, well, hopefully he'll be with us soon because we've got a few baptisms to take care of. Uh, I actually had a very interesting conversation today with a man who contacted me because he read one of. Oh, what rather? 25 years ago, he came to a book stand where I was signing some of my books, and he had a conversation with me. This was in a university in Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, he came to speak to me and said, uh, well, I remember you. I had a long chat with you, but I was a poor student. I couldn't afford your book back then. But I just bought your recent one about Catholicism, and my wife listens to you know, you on your online stuff. And I was like, well... I'll definitely meet you and sign the book. And I gave him one of the other books, too. I gave him one of all the other books because I figure a man remembers me for 25 years and then comes to get his book signed. least I can do is give him a couple of books. And he was a really interesting guy. He had a strange conversation, but he had also a lot of strange uh, occurrences and, and he knew about like anti-gravity technology and all sorts of stuff that I've written about. So it's very, it was very interesting. It was a very interesting day today. Also, where did you get that bolo? Not enough bolos in Manchester. I intend to correct this. Uh, wait, that was another question further up, I guess. On this current subject of foreign workers, what is your opinion of civic nationalism versus blood nationalism? Well, that's a no contest question. I, I'll just let Billy handle that one. I mean, it's a pretty easy question, that. I mean, 
one's realistic and one's not you know i mean we <laughs> there you go <laughs> we've got a, we've got a reality we live in you know and i mean if you tried to make it a real problem you'd make it a real problem you know what i'm saying there'd be a lot of violence you know as it is right now man i think we just gotta do our best to work with what the boomers gave us you know i mean yeah and uh like i said before man i mean you know, it, I think that uh, some of the finest people I work with are not here, you know, legally. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying we don't need borders. I want to build the wall, but, you know, I ain't going to kick out my reliable workers either. Yeah, it's a that's probably point. not going to be real popular with a lot of the people that watch this. But uh, that's just reality. And sometimes you just got to live in real life. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I figure the same. I mean, I've never, I mean, I know we were raised on civic nationalism and equality and all that nonsense, but the reality is that, you know, when it gets bad, people ain't going to care what you think or what you care about. They're going to look at your face and think, yeah, you look a bit like me. I'll let you live. Pretty much going to be about it. And, you know, I mean, some of the guys that I have the best conversation with are of Nigerian origin. One is a full-on Nigerian. The other one is a Nigerian by way of Jamaica. So I couldn't care less that they've got a dark skin or whatever. Problem is that when it gets bad, people are just going to look at that. So, you know, for myself, I have never given a damn cent's worth of care for where somebody's from or what, you know, I care about how they behave, how they treat me and how they treat people I care about. That's all I care about. And if you're a good guy, I couldn't care less what color skin you got or, or anything else, pretty much. You, you got that right, buddy. Let me just, let me address what uh, Dixie has to say. You know, I do hate the invasion, you know, that, that ain't right. But it's a largely self-inflicted problem, you yeah. know. The, war, the, the baby boomer war on drugs has created a cesspit and, you know, it's created a void in Mexico. You know, I think what we ought to do is bring back all of our troops from around the world, go clean house in Mexico and, are, you know, in the war on drugs. Yeah. I mean, then you make Mexico into a place people actually want to live in and then boom, problem solved. Meanwhile, we're building the wall. You know, I personally think we ought to build a canal along the southern border and set up some port towns all along you know sort of like a large-scale panama canal but you know big canal with big walls that'd be pretty hard to get across illegally meanwhile you boost commerce yep. so i think i think that'd be a great solution plus we've got a bunch of moabs that's ready to expire use those to help dig that canal be <laughs> real pretty there you go <laughs> that'll do it quite quick too uh, there's a, a question here uh, for you, I think. How's the local politics in Alabama, and are you an Owen viewer? <laughs> I don't know what an Owen viewer is. What's that? <laughs> that would be Owen Benjamin, the guy that called the Big Bear who thinks the earth is flat. Oh, yeah, I've seen some of his stuff. Uh, he's a pretty entertaining guy. I don't, I don't watch religiously. I ain't got much time, but, you know, he, he don't seem like a bad dude, I don't reckon. No, I... I but I don't think the earth is flat. I think that's bananas. But, you know, to each their own. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, that's to each his own. I'm not Ernest Hemingway. 
Very good. <laughs> so the correct approach is preference Christian nationalism and get to work evangelizing. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say in my personal experience that the Catholic communities that are actually Catholic, very strong. Uh, don't get me wrong, you still get people that don't like each other, you still get infighting, you still get all that sort of stuff, but it's, it is very much uh, us against the rest of the world, to the point where we had a little group that, that, that had in it other people that believe Bergoglio is Pope or you should just resist him, or people who give the Mass using the name of one of the fake Popes are okay. And we're like, uh, no, they're not okay, because how much sewage do you want in your ice cream before you stop eating it? And uh, we were all of one mind. We were like, no, if you're one of those people, get away from us. You know, we'll still treat you like a human being, but we don't want to pray with you. We don't want to go to Mass with you. And we don't want you in our group. Get out. And... The funny thing is that the people who said to beat me to it, because I don't have a lot of time online and stuff, but it was actually ladies, very feminine, well-mannered ladies. But they were immediately, they were like, no, this don't work. And the fact is that those families that are like that, we, you know, we meet them quite regularly. And uh, those are the type of people I would have no problem having up as my neighbor, even if I moved continent i would be like happy to say hey i'll help you out to move next to me because i know what you're like you, you can be next door to me and some of those guys i wouldn't necessarily go over to their house very often because they kind of bore me but some of them don't and i'd have long conversations with them but the fact is even as my neighbor that i don't go visit very much they'll be fine and again I would rather have my Nigerian Buddhist guy as a neighbor, although, you know, he's obviously a heathen and he's going to end up in hell if he don't get right with God, but fact is, he's a nice man and uh, reliable and uh, well-read, intelligent, and partly the, the part of the reason he's not a Christian is just because he got lied to, like we all did, about the nature of the church and so on. So he kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater and decided, now I'm just going to be a Buddhist. You know, but he's a good man. I, yeah, I, I, will, I will always pick my individualistic and individualism will always come before the generic. Now, oh, I know yeah. Vox Day is different. Vox is a strategist, and that is why Vox will have dealings with and do business with and have connections with people that, quite frankly, I wouldn't have coffee with, even if they kept quiet. And... Fact is, I'm a tactician, and I'd be like, well, no, I don't like what this guy does. I don't agree with some of the things he stands for. I don't agree with some of the things he prophesizes or whatever. And I just, you know, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with that kind of guy because he's bent. Now, when I say bent, I don't mean, for example, you take Milo. Now, Milo is a homosexual who fake married another homosexual. And I've met Milo. Milo's an interesting character. He's uh, he's very witty, very well read, especially given he's not that old. But um, but you know you could see that was a bonfire in a trash can, and that's what happened. And you, yeah, he ain't gonna go anywhere else. But I would have a cup of coffee with Milo because he's entertaining, he's funny, he's intelligent. And if I did 
sit down and have a cup of coffee with him, I would be telling him that, you know, he should give up his way and uh, start to get entertained and, and interested in women and eventually get married and have children because it would be a shame to, to lose that man's genetics to, to depravity. And uh, I believe he's said the same thing himself, that as a gay man, that's one of the things that he thinks, oh, maybe I, I should stop being gay and have children. So, you know, there's, there's hope for everybody, but there's people that, uh, there's other people that I just, I wouldn't, because I believe they're liars and snake oil salesmen, and I, I wouldn't deal with them. And I know that that means my personal community, my personal alliances are smaller and whatever, there's less of them. Whatever. It's fine. I, I plan, you know, even if it's just me, myself, and I to defend my family and the people I care about, so be it. You know, it's going to be harder and maybe I'll fail, but I'm not going to. You understand. You're a southern gentleman. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no going back on your principles. It's just not done. That's right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very community oriented. You know, I think that most problems need to be addressed first at the home, then in the neighborhood, then at your, you know, local community, you know, but maybe countywide at banks. I think, I mean, everyone knows from Alex Jones to Vox Day to all these folks, they know that globalism is, you know, it's, it's modern Babylon. And, you know, the world's just too big. That's why everyone's losing their mind because they're thinking about everything globally. You know, if they focused... You know, if all these BLM riders and stuff actually focus their energies on making their community better, you know, these problems would go away overnight. Well, that would be you pretty know, hard, though, because they're all being bussed in by Soros to all sorts of different counties and states that they don't even come from. So, yeah, I mean, when you got these globalists at the top, you know, throwing out crumbs for these little psycho fans to, you know, gobble up, then it makes it real hard for good, honest folk. But really, I mean, everything's, it's, uh, someone up there was talking about uh, uh, local politics or something like that. But I mean, it all, you know, I don't even get to politics. You know, it's about what you do at home, what you do in your small community and stuff. And uh, yeah, eventually, if you're called to it, then it does make it to politics. But you know, I, I just think people worry too much about too many things that, you know, if I took the time to worry about everybody that was like me, you know, 2,000 miles away, I wouldn't have any time to work. No, exactly. I wouldn't have any time to read my Bible or nothing. Exactly. Plus, what, you know, like I, I had a few little, I wouldn't call them arguments, disagreements. Like my wife sometimes will tell me something about, oh, look, at this little child was set in fire by a bunch of Somali. And I'm like, I don't want to know. Don't read me that crap and stop doing it yourself. Stop reading that nonsense. And she's like, but why? And he, no, you don't. You don't need to know what's going on. Like we had the, the again, on this last Saturday, we had another demonstration in Trafalgar Square. And we were watching a film together. And now and then she'd go on her phone and check, I want to see what's going on. I said, it's irrelevant. It don't matter what's going on. I already yeah. told you what's going to go on. They're going to go have their demonstrations. And the cops will let them do it for a little bit. And then they'll push them out. And once they push them out, they'll go. And that's it. It's nothing. Because not a damn thing's going to change until a whole bunch of people getting strung up to lampposts. That ain't happening yet. So watch your film with yeah. me. Ignore that nonsense. It doesn't affect your life. It doesn't affect mine. Except it puts you in a state of anxiety. What for? Yeah. 
I'll be in a state of anxiety when I have to start, you know, doing those nasty things that because somebody's trying to kill me. I'll be in a state of anxiety just before. And maybe I mean, a little exactly bit after. Lord Jesus said, you know, who can add an inch to his stature by worrying about tomorrow? You know, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. As for you, yeah. you know, pray about today, whatever, you know. I, I can't worry about all that stuff, man. It, it'll put gray hairs on your head and put you in an early grave. I don't, I don't have that problem anymore, but um, I know what you mean. <laughs> Woolly, what Dixie Catholic says, Woolly, federal and state government incentivizes diversity and female-owned businesses so they would still get preference for contracts. Oh, I think Dixie Catholic is arguing about, um, well, all them dark-skinned foreigners taking their job, stump stuff like that. You know, Dixie Catholic, i got to say one thing to you. I am a foreigner myself, well, being a southern gentleman in this uh, here, you know, in the land of the usurping imperialists that um, we had to fight off our good shores of South Carolina. But uh, the, the point is that as a foreigner in a foreign land, I've never been out of work one day that I didn't take that day for myself. And the reason for that was I work and I make people money. So if you're struggling to find work and if you're being undercut by people who do the same work or more for less money, maybe they're not really the problem. Now, I understand what you're saying because, you know, if you get like 15 Chinamen li living 15 to a room, eating one bowl of rice a week and working 18-hour days, yeah, you can compete with that on their level. But... Well, if you're from Dixie, you should be a little bit smarter than that and find a way around it. And like, maybe you hire the Chinese guys or whatever. I don't know. And then if you hire the Chinese guys, I can see where you're going with that because you're going to say, oh, well, but then I'm part of the problem, which is also a fair point. But the thing is, you got to deal with what you've got in front of you and then you've got to make the best of it the way you can while keeping to your principle and your integrity. Now, if your principles and your integrity are such that you put your nation before other things, you know, I take my hat off to you, but I don't think you're very wise. I put my family first, then my friends, and then everybody else, and in that order. And that includes my nation, because nations change. And if my nation has been invaded by 50 million Mexicans, well, guess what? Maybe it's just another province of Mexico now. And I got to adapt. So yeah. that's the way I see it. I mean, until people are actually ready to stand up and defend what they claim they want to defend, Physically. just learn to live with it. I mean, until you're ready to be the next, you know, uh, the next patriot, you know, and 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 build up an army and stand against whatever invasion you're worried about, you don't care enough. You know, you just got, you know, you either... You either take up arms or you shut up and deal with it. Exactly. I mean, that's the two options you got. Exactly. Otherwise, you're murmuring and complaining, and the good Lord didn't have too much good to say about that either. Yep, exactly that. And if you're not at the stage where you're taking up arms, well, then just keep quiet and stay below the radar. Ain't that bad yet, obviously. Yep. Uh, ben, ben was asking me about uh, construction work. Um, ben, 
I, you know, I, my boss talked to me about the Obama days. Now, construction was one of the hardest hit industries during the Obama administration. You know, the company I work with, we, we went from building about 75 houses, 75 to 100 houses a year during the tail end of Bush to building maybe 25 during Obama. We didn't think that our business was going to survive. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, in Alabama, we lag about two years behind the national uh, economy. So when things are starting to get good, we don't see that it starts to get good for a couple of years. So that just now, we are just now starting to see the recovery from the horrible Obama administration, you know. Um, Does that work the other so, way too? So like when the bad stuff comes, it takes two years or is that in some... And oh, it's it takes it takes a little. I think it's because we're hedged by the uh, military industrial complex. Our local economy stays strong because we're always at war. Now, God willing, Donald Trump brings an end to that, and we can suffer along with everybody else. But it is a mixed blessing, you know. But uh, but the good news is, you know, if God forbid the Democrats manage to steal the election, which I don't think it's possible at this point. Um, we won't know about it for two years. So we, so theoretically, in our, uh, you know, if if the God Emperor wins, then we'll be we'll be riding high on the Trump economy for six years to come from this point. So that'd be real good news for us. Um, as far as Wu flu restrictions, man, the Chinese virus has destroyed the lumber mills. Um, one figure I read had uh, lumber as a commodity. The price increased about 900%. And so, you know, we used to be able to pick up a two by four for $3. Now it costs about $10. Now, you you know, average sized house, you get 480 studs, you know, multiply that by, you know, multiply that by three, you know, that's how much you're spending. So it's real hard, you know, people ain't going to want to build houses. And the, the reason that is, is because the mills shut down, you know, they, they, they furloughed 40% of their workforce, and so there's not enough supply to meet up with the extraordinary demand. So, I mean, our, and, I mean, construction has not suffered at all. It's everything yeah. that makes construction possible that's suffered. Yeah. And that's not good. I found the same here. But now, what, 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 here's a question I always had. Like, why is it that people in the United States of America build their houses out of gypsum and wood why don't they use brick and concrete like every other country in the world that i've been in well, we use concrete slabs for the floors and we use uh brick for the outside but you know we you got to put the brick in front of something so we use plywood i don't know what we just, call wafer board yeah i just i don't know I, i've always even i mean in africa everything's built with brick even internal walls are built with brick Oh, yeah. So, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we put, you know, the gypsum board is, uh, that's what we use for the interior finishing on the walls, and we use wood for the framing. If it was more, if it was cost effect, you know, you got to think about the European market versus the American market. You know, America, you've got potentially 350,000 or 350 million. I sound like Joe Biden. Good God. <laughs> uh, you got, 
You got 350 million potential people wanting to build houses. It just wouldn't be possible to build that many houses out of steel and concrete, you know. So you got to use affordable materials. And, and there's a lot of treatments that you can put on that stuff to give it good longevity, you know. So, yeah, I mean, but, I, mean I don't know how you guys don't get like robbed daily. I mean, you don't even have to go through the door. You kick through the wall next to the door. I mean, I remember when I was... Where where was that? That was in Arizona. That's right. And uh, well, that's that's Yankeeville two point That's like that's uh that's Florida for Pete for old folks that don't like humidity. <laughs> well, fact is, I was seeing a lady there that uh, had a cat, and she needed a cat flap, and she didn't know how to put it in the door. And I said, "Well, why are you gonna do it in the door? You can just cut a little piece out of the side of the wall." And she's like, "Oh, can you do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can." And she goes, but what, don't you need special tools? Well, you got a hammer and a saw and I'll make it neat. It took all about five minutes. And she was like, oh, that's great. I'm like, I was thinking to myself, no, that ain't great. Because that means somebody can just kick your whole door out. You know, literally, you can just kick through the wall. You know, it's what kind Well, you know, this was, that's this a was testament a pretty, to the goodness of America, though. Because good, we don't see that happening a lot. It was a you good know, apartment we, complex. It was like in Tucson somewhere. It was a nice, nice apartment complex. It was a good, good place. Yeah. I mean, but you think about, you don't hear about that that much. So things must not really be that bad here in the United States as far as crime goes. No, I don't think they are. You guys got, a, you know, you got a lot of guns there, so. Yeah. Yeah. The guns make it possible to build houses out of plywood and gypsum. <laughs> I still prefer concrete and stuff. And, and brick though but yeah to yeah so long as the wall kicker shots oh yeah <laughs> uh, that, that's that kool-aid man yeah uh steve steinbach says that same up here in canada osb is 30 dollars a sheet compared to 10 <laughs> wow. Good God. that is scary stuff man oh yeah yeah, it's wild, man. I can't wait for this Chinese virus to be over next month. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Yep. Got nothing to do with any China virus. It's all about uh, getting people to off them. Tell me about the Georgia Stones. Oh, boy. You changed pages quick there, Jebediah. Well, you know how it is. I've never been down to see the Georgia Guidestones, but I have to assume they're set up by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or something. Yep. You know, that just, but when did it's either they that or up? George Soros, or maybe it's all the above. But you know. When, um, when did they go up? Do you know? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm going to Google it, right? Now. Why don't you look that up? But uh, I think it's probably the same folks who met up at Jekyll Island to discuss the Federal Reserve that put them up. That, that's a good point. That is, yeah, yeah. Wally Ram, you ought to look that up, boy. Georgia Godstones, they're uh, basically, it's like the Ten Commandments for Satanists. Yeah, that's a very I good mean, description. And it looks like it looks like some sort of like pagan Satanist Stonehenge or something. Well, you know, Stonehenge is already pagan and Satanist, but it looks like Way missing. Well, these, here it these is. Are finished stones, boy. The Georgia Guidestones is a granite monument erected in 1980 in Elbert County, Georgia, in the United States. A set of ten guidelines is inscribed on the structure 
in eight modern languages and a short message is inscribed at the top structure in four ancient language scripts. Well, that's uh, quite interesting. I'm going to read a little bit of this, if you guys don't mind. The inscriptions, a message consisting of a set of ten guidelines or principles, is engraved on the Georgia Guidestones in eight different languages. One language on each face of the four large upright stones, moving clockwise around the structure from due north. These languages are English, Spanish, Swahili. Why on earth would you have Swahili? Hindi. Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. 1. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. 2. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. 3. Unite humanity with a living new language. 4. Rule. What are they going to use, Esperanto? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just wondering that. Or maybe Swahili. Oh, yeah. Four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Yeah, this is truly vile. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. 7. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. 8. Balance personal rights with social duties. 9. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And 10. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Now, some of these sound pretty good, but that whole maintain humanity at 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, how do you think you're going to achieve that in a nice, happy Friendly, you got to murder seven billion people. <laughs> yep, and change. <laughs> a few feet west to the west of the monument, an additional granite ledger has been set level with the ground. This tablet identifies the structure and the languages used on it, lists various facts about the size, weight, and astronomical features of the stones. The date it was installed and the sponsors of the project. Well, I'm interested now. I want to know who the sponsors are. It also speaks of a time capsule buried under the tablet, but spaces on the stones reserved for filling in dates on which the capsule was buried and is to be opened have not been inscribed. So it is uncertain if the time capsule was put in place. The I wonder if that time capsule is going to have the uh, COVID vaccine in it. Yeah. The complete text of the explanatory tablets is detailed below. The tablet is somewhat inconsistent with respect to punctuation and misspells the word pseudonym. The original <laughs> spelling, punctuations, and line breaks in the text have been preserved in the transcription which follows. Letter case is not. At the top center of the tablet is written the Georgia Guidestone Center Cluster erected March 22, 1980. I want to know about these... Uh, Maybe they got Ernest Hemingway to write it before oh. they shot himself. Oh, it doesn't actually tell you. For sponsors, it says, oh, listen to this. I actually got to read the whole damn thing. On the left side of the tablet is the following column of text. Astronomic features. 1. Channel through stone indicates celestial pole. 2. Horizontal slot indicates annual travel of sun. 3. Sunbeam through capstone marks noontime through the year. Author. R. C. Christian, a pseudonym. No, it's a, but and it's spelled 
P-S-E-U-D-O-N-I-N. A Sudon in. <laughs> it's quite interesting, isn't it? So in other words, oh. it's it's like a fake name. Uh, not just a fake name, but a, a fake, fake name, if you know what I mean. I wonder if that's intentional. I believe it is. Because it would mean a pseudo on in. Like non, a pseudo non. Mm. So... And the sponsors, a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason, which is really... They ain't American. American. Let me tell you that right now. Well, the, the, the age of reason, as we all know, is the Enlightenment, and that is pure, full-on, 100% Freemasonic, satanic evil. Hmm. Well, that's... Uh, nobody seems to know who put these things up. They must have cost some money. Nope. Nobody knows yet. A lot of people have been trying to work it out, but nobody's figured it out yet. Well, we know it's satanic because Yoko Ono praised the inscribed messages as a stirring call to rational thinking. <laughs> Are we really going to be mad at Yoko Ono, though? I mean, she did do us the favor of breaking up the Beatles. Well, there is that. While Wired stated that unspecified opponents have labeled them as the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. Well, there you go. Ha! Hey, that's what I said. And the Guidestones have become a subject of interest for conspiracy theorists, in other words, truth-tellers. One of them, an activist named Mark Dice. Oh, I didn't know that Mark Dice talked about them. Demanded that the Guidestones be smashed into a million pieces and the rubble used for a construction project. Claiming that the Guidestones are of a deep satanic origin and that R.C. Christian belongs to a Luciferian secret society related to the New World Order. At the unveiling of the monument, a local minister proclaimed that he believed the monument was for sun worshippers, for cult worshippers, and for devil worships. Others have suggested that the stones were commissioned by the Rosicrucians, with conspiracy theorist Jay Widener observing that the pseudonym of the man who commissioned the stones, R.C. Christians, resembles a Rosecross Christian. There, that's that, or Christian Rosencrutz, the founder of the Rosicrucian order. Alex Jones' film, Endgame, Blueprint for the Global Enslavement, proposes that the Guidestones are a harbinger of self-appointed elites who intend on exterminating most of the world's population. Yep, I would generally agree with that. The most widely agreed upon interpretation of the stones is that they describe the basic concepts required to rebuild a devastated civilization. Author Brad Meltzer notes that the stones were built in 1979 at the height of the Cold War and thus argues that the message... Um, they may have been intended as a message to the possible survivors of nuclear World War III. That's a lot of rubbish. The engraved suggestions to keep humanity's population below 500 million could have been made under the assumption that war had already reduced humanity to this number. Well, that's a nice way to try and hide the facts, isn't it? The Guidestones were briefly shown and discussed in the 1986 documentary film Sherman's March and were featured extensively in a 2012 episode of Mysteries at the Museum. Featuring Don Wildman. Well, well, well. Ben, ben says, says that Jebediah has dropped, dropped his Kurgan impression, impression for a stream. For a stream. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Turns out Kurgan's the real act. This is the real you, buddy. Oh, well, I guess you, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia Guidestones. Well, 
I'm sure there's a way to find out. I mean, are they on private land? I'm, that's what I'm curious about. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that uh, back in the early 20th century, the Jekyll Island, another place in Georgia, is where they, uh, you know, did the early discussions about the Federal Reserve. Yeah. And I wonder how far away that is from, uh, from the Georgia Guidestones. Well, I wonder a lot of things. I wonder why somebody with a nice big drone hasn't wiped off Bill Gates off the map yet. I wonder why somebody with a 50 caliber hasn't. I wonder why the Georgia Guidestones haven't been pulled down by an 18-wheeler rig with a nice set of strong uh, chains. It's all sorts of things I wonder. I just don't know. Well, hey, well, they're tearing down statues. Some enterprising young, you know, patriot should go down there and tear down those statues. I mean, I mean, it's, it's got, got the, the word Christian, Christian on it, R.C. Christian. Christian. You know, you, you could just say, say it's about separation of church and state or something. <laughs> Tear it down, boy. Tear it down. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of, I don't know if you watch that guy, a, um, that fake Russian, Kyle, who did used to do uh, FPS Russia. Yeah, he used to shoot a whole bunch of weird guns and blow shit up. It was really good, good program. And then... Uh, well, then his friend got killed, and nobody kind of knows what happened. And and then uh, the, the the cops kind of found him with some weed, and they took all his guns. They took about four hundred grand's worth of guns off him, and he can't have a, a weapon anymore because of federal regulations or some stuff. <laughs> but I'm thinking, man, while you had a good bun, you blow up the Georgia Guidestones. You're in Georgia, you know. I blame you, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have done it. They could have took care of that for Take one for the team. Yep. Instead, he blew his mind out on that devil's grass, you know. Yep, and had to spend two months in prison. Yeah. I mean, I ain't eager to go to prison, but, you know, I figure there's a lot of people with not much to live for. They ought to take one for the team. Yeah, I mean, at least you'd get your name in lights for a brief moment. You'd be going down in history for a good purpose. Plus, how much how much jail time are you gonna get for destroying some rocks, some some concrete build, you know, some concrete slab? You could you could, you could you make, could the, make argument the argument that you're just, just helping the cause by returning, by returning that, that rock, rock to the to earth. earth. Uh, well, you I know, think it says that you should be partners with nature, right? I, I think mean, in the present condition, they fertilize those stones up into a monument, and if you smash them up, you're just helping nature. Well, in the present condition, I think you could take them down on the principle that they're Christian, and and you being a you find that oppressive and patriarchal, and uh, as a yeah, yeah, Black Lives yeah. Matter supporter, you want to tear down that kind of statue. So, plus, plus that's phallic, phallic, so, so you, could you could make, make a, case a case about, about toxic, toxic masculinity, masculinity too. too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Although that would be a strange shaped penis, but yeah, that ought to be a Chuck Tingle novel pounded in the butt by the Georgia Guidestones. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely sounds. Someone get chucked on that. We need a new tingling. That's that's definitely a Hugo Award-winning novel right there. <laughs> Dixie Catholic says, "Yeah, my small town in eastern Tennessee is like a little Mexico. My union job with only legal immigrants is eighty percent foreigners." Dixie Catholic says, "Same story for my old hometown. For use of them in plant nurseries, dirt cheap." I, I see your point. 
Don't give well, there's a problem, problem Greyhound. You, you got a union got job, job in a right-to-work right state. state. What's wrong, What's wrong with, you? with you? Yeah. So. You're a yeah, commie. That's, that's the problem. The problem. <laughs> 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 Quite so. I mean, that's almost as bad as being a policeman. It's basically a thug who didn't have the gumption to do it on his own. He has to get government approval to do it. That's yeah, right. That's right. Force. It's just asking, asking daddy's permission. permission. That's it. Well, we've gone on over about an hour, and i got an early day tomorrow, so I don't know if anybody's got any more questions. You've got a couple of minutes to spit them out. Otherwise, that'll be that. Unless Billy has got something else he wants to talk about. No, not really, man. man. It's, a it's a beautiful, beautiful Sunday evening. There's there the cloud in the sky. I'll probably find something, something to do here. here. Yeah, I think I'm going to have myself a little drink. And I've actually ran out of, of anything good. I've only got Jack Daniels, and I'm not a fan. Mm. There's, There's worse things than Jack Daniels. Daniels. I'm sure there are, but they're probably French. Like, oh, that just reminds me. I did buy. I'm a curious man, and that gets me into a lot of trouble. And uh, I went to the shop to. I had some friends come over, and I thought, well, that looks like a nice bottle with a nice looking sort of name. Looks French. Must be pretty good. Who the hell's ringing my doorbell at this time? Just give me one second. Somebody's at the door. I say it's the constabulary. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Nope. Nope. No, that was... I didn't have to axe murder anybody. That was just uh, my wife sorted some food. And a nice gentleman brought it to the door. What and kind of food is that? I don't know, but I'm going to go find out because I'm kind of peckish myself. Plus, despite the fact that she's about to pop another kid out, she was quite fetching in her little nightgown, so... Roll tight there, there, buddy. buddy. <laughs> Indeed. You keep, keep making, making them, them little, little, them little, little jibbidas. I just got to tell that man that that thing that I bought, Wooly Ram, the French indeed do make good wine and cognac, and that's why they fooled me into buying. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it to show you people so that you don't make the same mistake that I did. Jibbidas is a good fellow, man. He, uh, he lives as an example, example not, not to talk. But he's, but he's also, also got, got a good head, head on his shoulders. shoulders. He, just he just has, has a questionable, questionable taste, taste in alcohol. In alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, I should have read the label more carefully because it would have... There, there, there it is. It's called Alice, which it's obviously a homosexual name. But what I hadn't noticed, uh, you can see here, uh, it says Go Passion. And it's clearly some kind of fermented Frenchman urine. Because... So with so the golden shower in the bottle. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I, I mean, you can tell I haven't exactly had a big taste. And it was enough to put me off this thing for life, whatever the hell's in it. And it's imported from France. So, probably they why... France, I guess. guess. It's probably why I've had a bad stomach for the last two weeks. You know, I drank some Frenchman's fermented urine. That's uh, 
do not ever buy this. What? There you go again. That's a, it's a warning to yourselves and your progeny. Don't ever drink this Frenchman fermented urine. That's what I believe that is. There's some writing at the back, but I ain't going to bother with that. Oh, listen to this. I, actually, I am going to read it because it's just interesting. <laughs> the French love of life, or joie de vivre, is behind... Uh, I can't. This luscious, you can tell they're using homosexual words, is behind this luscious masterpiece. Ali's gold passion is a unique and intriguing blend of exotic ingredients from around the world. They ain't telling you what it is. They're telling you. They're basically telling you. The finest. <laughs> listen to this. The finest cognac and vodka are enlivened with natural passion fruit juice. So they're trying to tell me that this is cognac and vodka with passion fruit juice mixed in. Yeah. After it's obviously been through the intestinal tract and the bladder of a Frenchman. Quite clearly. <laughs> enjoy Elise on the rocks. You can't enjoy this in any way, form, or shape. Or enjoy with, straight, straight from, from the commode. Or with your oh, favorite oh, no. with your favorite mixer. The versatility of Elise Gold makes it ideal for martinis. Cosmopolitans, Marguerite, do not blaspheme. Marguerite, you wouldn't put this in a mimosa or freeze or frozen drinks. The possibilities are endless. Well, yes, because I suppose you could drink urine with anything if you're French. It's just, uh, it's, do not drink this foul. I'm keeping that in case I have to poison the neighbor's cat, which keeps crapping in my yard. But... Uh, that's mm -hmm. about the only use I'd have for it. Well. <laughs> ben, the best alcohol you can get is a one you can share with a buddy. Yeah. That, that. And, and you can't say, you know, like. I, I, I don't discriminate. I like, I like to get right. I like to get right on Saturday night and then go get right on Sunday, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I don't turn my nose up at too much. But I don't think I'd touch that French piss that Jebediah showed me. <laughs> well, some Michael Peckers using fighting words there says, Who is this fine Dixie gentleman in the Yankee flag hat? Sir, Sir this, this flag, flag represents, represents Donald, Donald Trump's Trump America, America now. now. <laughs> well, well, I would have fought for, for the Confederacy. Confederacy. This, this is my is country, country now, now, you know? You know? Can I get, Can I get an amen? That's my country. country. You, know, you know, we have we got, got him for Donald, Donald Trump, Trump for six, six more years. years. Maybe, Maybe 12, 12. We'll see. Well, yeah, but, Trump, uh, the next Trump is hopefully his son will take over, right? And then after he's yeah. had two terms, uh, Baron Trump can take over then. It's like, it's like, it's like it's the like question, question we were talking, we're talking about, about with nationalism, nationalism earlier. earlier you, know? you know, we, we find, find ourselves, ourselves in the United, United States, States of America. So you just got to make good, man. You know? It's my, it's my country. country. It's where, it's where I, am, I am. So I'm gonna, gonna be. Uh, uh, I'm gonna be a good steward where the good Lord's put me. I would, I would much rather be a good steward in the Confederate States, States but you know, it is what it is. Perhaps for such a time as this, God has created me. Well, I mean, there was a time when, believe it or not, the French led the Crusades. So all sorts of things can happen. I mean, they're a nation of gay people now, but back, you know, a thousand years ago, there there were actually men there. So.
Well, shoot, man, they probably got made gay because they were so holy before. The only way to take a righteous man down is to pervert him. Yep, that is actually very true. Uh, in fact, the Alta Vendita, which were the Freemasons in the 1800s in the Italian state, said that very same thing. The worst thing is the corruption of the just. Amen. Amen. And uh, P1 Bear says that that drink speaks vibrancy loud and clear. I, I agree with you, sir. Oh, well, I needed to add something to that, that uh, reading of that, of that fine liqueur. <laughs> if you if have you to have say that your drink, drink is unique, unique walk, walk away, away man. man. Well, I, I don't think want my drink, drink to be unique. unique. I think the way you pronounced liquor is about right. <laughs> That's about, about the taste I expect I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I think that would call it a night. But All right, buddy. Well, I, well, I sure appreciate, appreciate you having me on here. Well, thank you very much. And I hope that the Dread Elk can understand now that they've been infiltrated by a soulless ginger who's a Yankee lover and and thinks that Hemingway is a writer of sorts that is worth, uh, you know, giving accolades to. It's, it's quite disturbing. But be that as it may, hopefully we, we will correct such things in the near future. Uh, seems, seems to be to the, be tone, the tone, tone of the evening. Where you, you find yourself, yourself, you just got to make, make good, good man. man. Exactly right. And on that happy note, I'm now going to go have some dinner with my wife. Thank you kindly. And I'll speak to you soon again, I hope. All right, all right brother. You have you a good, good night. night. You have one yourself. Good night, all. Good night, good night everybody. everybody. And that's it.